This episode of Hummel and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Hush Blankets, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. On Sunday, we received the terrible, awful news that our friend Andrew Crystal had passed away suddenly. As you heard on Humble and Fred, Howard and Andrew were texting until shortly before midnight on Saturday night. Shortly thereafter, Andrew passed away. Here's Andrew Crystal on Humble and Fred. Crystal need a coffee? Yes, I, that's, uh, I, start, I had started making one. Well, let's get that. Uh, Phil, take the coffee maker. I promise. Okay. While Phil is out of the room. No swearing. No swearing. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say that to our guest because he's filthy. He's a filthy. <laughs> no dr- swearing anymore? No, but while Phil's out of the room, we can't swear because he's got he to edit it. Oh, I see. Okay. Our, our guest this morning is an old friend of the show. He's a filthy beast. Mm, a lot of hair. He is uh, back here. One of this premium, one of this country's premium commentators, commenters, commandeerers, commandants, common sal, common sense, common sense. Thank you. Please welcome broadcaster, writer, director, performer. Thank you, very Andrew much. Crystal. <laughs> Here's a question. Ethically, if somebody produces a product and they send it out into the world and you are able to capture that product, whether it's music, a movie, art, a book, is that stealing? I mean, well, you've seen what happened to the record industry in Canada. We were, we were talking world, about yeah. that. Yeah. But then again, you know, you're not uh, buying an album on vinyl with the only one or two tracks you like, right? And seven bucks and a whole... And you knew all of the... There were a lot of record weasels, even more than broadcasting weasels. There was a whole layer of management. Not just, you know, there were some good artists and repertoire guys, but... There are a lot of strange folks in the 1980s and 90s in the record business. So the, they the, really couldn't get a job anywhere else. But, but, the, but music the music business changed. They 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 were, those, they those, were trying to fight music sharing, free file sharing, and they finally gave up and they just jacked up their in-person concert tickets. We were just talking about something that is so pervasive now. Watching television, we don't listen to commercials. You know. Other than a couple little spots here or there on this show, there are no commercials. You know, we talk about our sponsors live. So where, when, when people finally have, don't have to watch television commercials anymore, what happens? How do they make money? Well, I mean, I think when you, you take a look at the Internet being the Wild West and this great open world or whatever, it's a really interesting ethos, and it's a nice sort of... Um, student revolt that it's free etc when you look at what's happened to the internet in china you realize that for every technology there's a counter technology and this idea of the internet being free 
um, may not be so free in the future. This idea that, you know, how do you monetize a downloading of songs? Well, we've seen it. I think that there will be countermeasures where you will be seeing ads. There will be pop-ups everywhere. And it's just a question of the, uh, of the advertising industry catching up with the technology that's available. But they will do it. Well, it's funny you say that because I know being online often now and being a bit of a news junkie the way I am, and you'll see something and you'll go to a story and you'll have to sit through a 15 or 30 second commercial before you get to the meat of it, if it's a video. And it's true in a lot of the newspapers now and a lot of the services. You'll be reading an article and then all of a sudden something will come sweep, sweeping right. in from the mm-hmm. side, you know, and, and impede it for a while until it's done and then you get back to it. But you're right about usage. Like, the mm-hmm. usage has changed. And that's why appointment tuning, and you guys know broadcasting and broadcast theory really well. That's why I like phoning you guys up and talking about station ratings and, you know, I, I love that. Uh Nobody watches the 6 o'clock news like they used to. I mean, all that, <clears throat> that is dead because people get their news and different stories. What really concerns me is in publishing with newspapers. Because investigative journalists from Stevie Cameron to Andrew Mitrovica to any of the real ball-busting investigative journalists, all of them burn out. This is an interesting thing, and it's not talked about very much. But every single real sort of Woodward, Woodward and Bernstein uh, investigative journalist when they when they start doing really well, there's a lot of heat put on the publisher to bounce these guys. So uh, really, Why? because they do too well and they ruffle too many feathers. Whether it's Mitrovica with CSIS, etc. Uh, he wrote a book called Covert Entry, and I've interviewed these guys, and they become very bitter, very estranged people. It and and that's because the the investigative journalists have done so well. So what newspapers do is they have these gut people on. But they don't really want them to do too well ultimately because it hurts the paper. Andrew, it's funny because none of uh, them last because Phil is also favorite famous for some covert entry. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> well, I mean that's he, he originally got involved with you folks because he always assumed Humble and Fred was the same sex deal, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> so um, the details are secret. So what about in a situation like the Toronto Star, for example, a guy like Kevin Donovan? Well, okay, he he it, digs, digs, digs. Yeah, He's been there for 30 years. Look, but if you're going to uh, beat up somebody like Rob Ford, that, that's an easy one. I don't want to get into mm-hmm. no, no, investigative dig, journalism. Dig, dig, I just want to steer back to uh, something they a little go more complicated. Hold on. What? Remember, there's people li- listening to us in San Diego that have no idea uh, well, who Kevin is. But, but let's, same is true in America. Okay. And, and the thing is, with this goes back to what you're talking about with, with well, the, let's get back to what we're talking about. Which is. Always investigative journalism was difficult, but now there's no money for newspapers. Okay. So here's the thing. Because of the online world. Let's just talk about it in these terms. What Fred was saying is interesting. Like, you know, we're seeing in our lifetimes, you know, there used to be, I started on radio when AM radio was the biggest thing you could ever be on. And FM was this kind of weird little weak sister in the background. And now we're in a world where, you know, newspapers aren't selling as much as they do. You mentioned the 6 o'clock news. I can't remember the last time I got my news from television. I don't get my movies from the movie theaters. Last year was one of the lowest in history for movie attendance. People just aren't going to leave their houses anymore when they can get whatever experience they want in their homes. So where are these companies going to make money? How are they going to do it? Well, you're seeing it. You're seeing it with the, in the online world and movie streaming, etc. It's just that you know the model is changing. I saw the interview over the Christmas holidays. So did I. My brother-in-law downloaded it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I watched it on a computer. It was high oh, def. Yeah, but they're going to figure it out, but, yeah. but, but probably not on an adequate level. I mean, you talk about cutbacks and job losses and a revolution in an industry. I mean, it's just not, there's just not going to be as many people uh, required because... Well, well I mean, you, you turn into like what you've done as pioneers with radio, you know, the, the gigantic FU to uh, conventional broadcast structure doing what you folks have done going out on your own is amazing. And I think that media markets are, are changing. So, for example, one of my clients, uh, they, the Canadian Snowbirds Association, they have 90,000 members. They're backed by Medipac, which sell more travel insurance than the banks do. And they protect Canadians in terms of the Health Care Act when they travel abroad. So they want to do proprietary media. So there's what radio show, television, that kind of thing. And I, media will become more uh, sector skewed and interest area skewed. So, Definitely. and of course, in, in the, the, the big broadcast world, you see Fox News, you know, talking to white people and CNN pl- trying to play middle of the road, angry white people with Fox News. But by the way, all the people that complain about Fox News never actually watch it because their actual news programming is as good as anybody. And to really get the idea of what's going on in America, you have to watch both Fox and CNN. So back to what you're saying. I <laughs> but, but but that's one of the things that these guys are, are preaching to a particular choir because the broad and broadcast is being attenuated. No, back to well, what you're saying about it. It's all going to become specialty. Yeah, the, se- yeah. the segmentation mm-hmm. of television is 25 years old. The Golf Channel, the Fishing Network, the Food Network. Here's yeah, where it's going to be even more. Uh, but here's mm-hmm. what I think now is going to happen. Now it's editorial, too, though. Here's what's, yeah, what's going to happen to radio. The only way that radio can survive is using the satellite model. If you want uh, talk radio, it's there at Channel Whatever. If you want country music, that second, it's on Channel 84. Mm-hmm. So... Over-the-air terrestrial radio is going to have to do something similar because that's what people want. I mean, I used to think that it was funny that when... Do you guys remember, it was 2000 and whatever, 1998, when they changed this AM station in Toronto to all-news radio. And I thought that was way off the grid. And now it seems to me it's almost old-fashioned. Because there should be not only, there's all sports radio, there's all news radio, but eventually it's going to be there's all hockey only, there's all basketball radio. You know what I mean? They have to do something like that. Do you yeah. agree? Direct it to, the, direct it to the, the market interest, whether it's a political view or a sports interest. Mm-hmm. No, I mean... It, my, exactly. problem, my problem is, is that, that the media is, is dumbing down so marvelously. I just don't know. Like, you know, if you want people to watch or listen, have good content. And do things that are slightly different. Somehow, the media has missed that. You know, it's yeah. And you, you know, know what? Eventually, they'll catch on and they'll have to do it. They're just sort of behind. Like look the at curve. my friends. Look at my friends at City TV. All they have to do to get more viewers for their news is have people be interesting, like they were when City launched their brand, right? And it doesn't take much. They should have editorials. They should do whatever. And it, and if they don't hire my butt, and I don't care about that, that's fine. I love them. I've got a great relationship with Rogers, but I'm too expensive. Is um, <laughs> it's true? Aren't we no, I, I, yeah. it's true. But yeah, the, we, the, the we used is, to think so too, Andrew. We thought we were too expensive. Well, not anymore. Do you know what they pay? It's, uh, it's pretty. It's, it's rough if you, oh, you want to be a reporter in television in sure. Canada. Anyway, but it doesn't take that much imagination. 
to just understand that it, you know you have to be entertaining and you have to be thoughtful. Yeah, you do. And there are people out there to do it, but they're not. They're not the people. They're that not are getting hiring. the jobs. Yeah, that's right. But why? You know, it's funny you say that. Well, it's but if people realize what they're paying people in the media now versus what they were paying, you know, years ago, it's weird. There's less people working in these factories, and they're being paid less. Versus, you know, an FM station back in 1990 would have had 35 employees. Most mm-hmm. of them now have 15, 12, 8, and they're paying them less money. You know, and it's bad conditioning because if it turns out the way we think it will, a specialty, the spoken word will be the thing on radio. It's going to be, it's going to cost them a lot more money than it is now. So they're conditioning themselves to, you know, not very, uh, it not being very expensive, a few employees and bottom line big. Well... That's not going to be the reality going forward. You know what? You know what is a great value, though. Mm. If you're hungry, mm-hmm. it's no wonder. If you're, oh my! If you're feeling pizza, peckish, hungry, here's great value for your food pizza, dollar, Freddie. You know, you know that Pizza Pizza makes the perfect pizza. Yes, they do. More than forty ingredients, toppings to choose from, Oy. plus gourmet toppings like asparagus, grilled zucchini, Kalamata olives, goat cheese. Yeah, goat cheese, loat, and pesto. Goat. Even the fussiest food, foodie will love Pizza Pizza with their gourmet toppings. Pizza Pizza, I'll tell you, 967-1111, delivered in 40 minutes or free. Yeah. All right, so, so you, you, you talk about a, a uh, station proliferation, market fragmentation, all this other stuff with yeah, regards to the media. Yeah. So what do media bosses do in this fluid environment? where they're scared crapless. Yeah. They play it as safe as possible. Sure. Which doesn't help. No. No. It's funny getting back to what, what Fred was saying about at some point content will become even more important because it's the uh, currency of the new world. And the problem is when you reduce your staff and you don't put money into talent, then you've got no talent being groomed for when you will need more content. It's a vicious circle of uh, incompetence. Also, too, one of the things, and this is a, a, a very interesting point, there is a profit imperative with dumbing things down and making it dull and making it homogenous and making it bland. Let me explain why. Very simple. If you start creating personalities, you have to pay them more. Yes. So what media companies are doing with their fixation with the wireless world is they try and have the format be the star. Yeah. And you see it with all news oh, radio. No. You see it with well, top forty. They rely on promos and and contests instead of having actual content. Let me be, uh, just pause and tell you about content at something called the Wonder List. Uh, these people at Wonderlist uh, provide an email contest programming that offers members amazing contests such as suites at professional sporting events, once-in-a-lifetime trips, concert show tickets, exclusive meet-and-greets with visiting celebrities, uh, passes to movie premieres, and so much more. And coming soon, some more Leaf tickets. There's uh, plays. There's musicals. There's wonderful times. Where? At Wonderlist. Wonderlist.ca. Leaf tickets? Son of a bitch. Are those the losers that get No, no. Hey, hey, hey. Come on. <laughs> I love the Leafs. No, it's so? not the sponsor. You don't make funny with the sponsor. Uh, listen, I love the Leafs. All right. I was just teasing. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm when we worked depressed. with Andrew, yeah. mm-hmm. in my recollection is that Andrew Crystal coined the phrase Leaf Nation. Can you uh, confirm or deny that? We had this conversation, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, as a matter yeah. of fact, I'm going to get uh, Ken Dryden, the uh, former president mm-hmm. at that time, to somehow confirm that. Because, look, it's not a, it's a pretty 
pathetic claim to any fame, but there's no question that I popularized the phrase Leaf Nation in the early O's. I did that. I haven't gotten any credit. You guys are the only ones that remember. It's, it's the people that worked with me back then that remembered that everybody picked up on it. But that's true. Mojo Maple Leaf Nation Awaken, and then Leafs Nation this and that, and then I did Leaf TV. Absolutely, yeah. I was the one that created that. Now, I wasn't original with that, but I remember seeing a woman making a sign, and I said, what's she going to Leaf uh, Canada or whatever, or Leafs Nation? I go, yeah, Leafs Nation. And she, she brought it in. And I think a star reporter took a picture of her holding up a sign that said Leaf Nation. Nobody else talked about it, though. And then years later, when I was on Mojo Radio with you guys, AM640, now, whatever its iteration is, uh, that's when I, I, I started using it. So yeah. it, it had been out there, but no one p- had picked did up this, on it. Did this woman that you saw, did she have uh, big areolas? Wow. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody was, was wearing... hurt because sometimes women with uh, can have big areolas but tiny nipples. Wow! What is your experience? Tiny nipples. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a break for a, an absurdist non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, you know, Andrew, there's room here for everything. <laughs> when I, I'm worried about when I go on a sunny trip with my wife to one of the islands, because when I take my shirt off on the beach, I swear to you, children cry. Why? But they they, they want to know, like, you know, is that a Yeti? Uh, <laughs> Who is this hairy beast? Yeah, what is that? Uh, why is he wearing two Why shirts? is there a bear here? And <laughs> Mommy, like Daddy, there's a hairy beast. What? It's come up on the water. I never knew that the abominable snowman had three breasts. Andrew Crystal is, uh, we're, when we come back in a few minutes' time, we're going to talk about some, some great success that our friend Andrew is enjoying. Uh, he's here for uh, the duration uh, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference in... Uh, this is an interesting article that Freddie and I saw about the difference in how much you need to make in each Canadian city. We'll just go over a couple of them to afford ho- housing. Mm-hmm. and it's To own a house. To own a house. Mm-hmm. It's pretty remarkable. We'll get to that. Um, Makes Winnipeg look pretty good. Yeah. Well, they got to get we got big, their weather today. Seriously, get a tarp, yeah. put it over fucking Winnipeg. Tarp it. I also want to talk about a guy that's going to be very big in the new year. He's a, a venture capitalist named Scott Sutherland, and he is right behind backing up Spider Jones Believe to Achieve Foundation. Mm. It's my fa- They help at-risk kids and have food programs and after-school programs. And Spider Jones is one of these unheralded heroes. Oh, no. Spider's a great and, guy. And he's really, in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Double yeah. shot power. And we're having, Double shot power. <laughs> he got that from the <laughs> fabulous sports babe, by the mm-hmm. way, who used to do that. Um, and March 5th, we're having a black tie boxing event in Bay and Queen. So fightforyouth.ca. Is okay, we'll get to all of that. that. By the way, maybe you could also do this. Is there something um, that you would be able to pass on to us and our listeners yes. that you think we should invest in? In 2015, gas prices at an all-time low. Well, not all-time, but they're down. The uh, the oil, the the price of oil is down. The 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 dollar's down. Is there an opportunity, an investment opportunity? We should talk to Scott Sutherland. The Scott Sutherland, can we get him in here and we can oh, we can be part of his hedge fund? We can go through his pockets. No, like he's a, he's a really interesting. Uh, he's a venture capitalist with a hedge fund operative. He, would he come in he knows, here? Yeah, he would. Yeah, for sure. As would he bring fact, his hedge fund with as him? As a matter of fact. He is he uh, uh, he's big fan, big fan of you guys. He is loves he? humble and Fred. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't he? He's a hedgehog. By the way, we're. Th- <laughs> no, that's me. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's me. We'll bring somebody into. By watch the way, you. Mm-hmm. could you? We're, we're workshopping this phrase. And Ron Jeremy. We're thinking of uh, adding. Both of us. 
the legendary. Have you ever played ring toss with Ron To Jeremy? the um, <laughs> beginning of our name. So would you just try what? this? Ring toss. Uh, when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I was on uh, recently on a radio show. And they'll say, what was the name of it? You say the legendary Humble and Fred show. It rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. We're workshopping it. If you can get Leaf the Nation legendary. going, you can get this going. Mm-hmm. The legendary Humble and Fred. Well, I guess when you, you know, if you survive long enough, you sort of, that's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Have you had your bum checked? How is your bum? You're staring at me in a very strange, creepy, somewhat sexual fashion. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, if I don't get part of this guy's fucking hedge fund, he's not coming in here. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Now, there's a swearing. I have been... I have no, Phil's back. Phil's back now. We can swear. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, Phil's back. No, you got to meet the sound he's, the fa- he's, he's the curse cop. Okay. That's the sound Phil's ass <laughs> The curse cock? Cop. Hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was a Son of a bitch. So, uh, we got to go. Scott, tell them you got to meet him. I'll bring him in. All right. Okay. Listen, man. Uh, always interesting. Always uh, fascinating. And somewhat disjointed. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we come back. I Andrew, like the term elliptical. Yeah. Andrew will answer the areola question and so much more. Uh, this is Humble and Fred Radio. Well, what, what about the nipples? Okay, hang on a second. We're just going to go to a quick break, and we'll come back on Sirius XM Channel 168 and around Toronto on News Talk 1010. He's prone to having sex in elevators Which comes from being a quasi-masturbator Yes, he'll go down on you lickety-split But he won't kiss you on the lips Ironically, no, I'm not even kidding Secret Asian man Secret Asian man He treats his sisters like his daughters, and yes, his father thinks that. Around North America. On Sirius XM Channel 168, around the world, on HumbleAndFredRadio.com. We have our buddy Dan Gold in the UK, regular contributor, great guy, Danny. Is it, uh, is it the new year in the UK yet? Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> is that, when, tomorrow. When is that? When is UK New Year's, Phil? Phil? When is uh, China New Year's? Three weeks. When is it? It's in three weeks. China New Year? Yes, it's the year of the man. It's funny, I'm still writing here. Andrew Crystal. I'm still writing here of the pig on my checks. Oh, yeah. how okay. embarrassing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hello, failed sitcom pilot joke. Um, it's weird, Phil, and I don't know when this happened. You know, I, I think we were all aware of uh, Chinese New Year, say over the last uh, 10 to 15 years, but have you noticed the proliferation of the Chinese New Year signage in sort of non-traditional places. For instance, at my local superstore, uh, they've got these banners saying, you know, celebrate the Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, in fact... Uh, Buy some rice aroni. <laughs> yes, that's what they say. Yeah, it's more relevant than Chinese, what I that's, that's for white people. Chinese right underneath that, that is yeah, a... Yeah, Chinese, have you ever eaten rice aroni? It says, uh, celebrate you have? the Chinese oh, New Year, and underneath is some Chinese eyes. Pulled back. Yeah. Chinese. Uh, I walked Chinese. into a grocery store and I saw you? Happy Chinese New Year and below it was Parmesan cheese in a can. What? Yeah, because we're going to make our traditional Chinese food, you know, spaghetti. Oh. Fred, yeah. does this make any sense what? to you? What? That all of a sudden you see Chinese New Year greetings in the Angmaw world. <laughs> Hey, listen, hey, when it comes to when it comes to money and marketing, there's a reason for everyone. Yeah. Everything. Somebody is determined that that's good business to do that. If you don't drive fast, I'm going to jam this car out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means. Okay. Well, very Sounded nice. racist and intolerant to oh, me. Yeah? You <laughs> From started the man. that with the oh, race yeah. Obviously. Comment. From the man who says, Chinese! <laughs> It's a Chinese. To be honest, I didn't even know it was Year of the Goat until I asked someone about it. Ooh. Yeah, but I did. I'm like, what? Phil. I don't care. Phil is he's an not Asian even man. Kidding. Phil has endorsed me. I don't think he's endorsed uh, Andrew Crystal. Crystal? Yeah. I've got my. Wait a second. Card. So you think he's endorsed you for racism? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so how do I get that endorsement? First, <laughs> <laughs> you have is to complete the form. Is there a test? <laughs> see, you, you see complete that? the form and you take it to CPP. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now an Asian man doing that's an Asian guy. man. Is no, that? I know. Is that's, that? No, that's brilliant. That's Meta racism. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. That's called meta. Janie. Oh. You, uh, sir, are a self loathing Chinese Jew. I really sure. hate myself. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, now, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Anyway, Chinese uh, New Year. So it's the UK's now. It's 2015 in yeah. the UK. Okay. Because I know Dan Gold was. Uh, they're a few hours behind us. They are. I used to do that um, years ago, you know, when uh, radio stations started, uh, you know, using the internet. I would sit there like at six o'clock and listen to new, you know, on New Year's Eve. I'd listen to a, a London station to hear the New Year come in over there. And yeah, yeah, I, I found it quite pleasant. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. I actually would sit there waiting for a, a, a file to download of some titties. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, <laughs> just be, be like, that's right. Oh, look at this, some titty. Oh, giant bush. Oh, bushman. Oh. Of the Kalahari. Like, <laughs> oh, I like a bush. Wow, yeah. that's good. Mia would all, it would stop scrolling just like, bo- just above the snarch. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you remember buffer, 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 Somehow, buffer, buffer. I don't know why your oral genital experience has to involve parks and recreation for hedge clearing. <laughs> anyway, Andrew Crystal's here. Uh, he's a, a social commentator. Mm. He's a radio uh, legend, for God's sake. He's one of the. You know what he is? Mm. He's on the outside looking in, but he should be on the inside looking out and saying yes. But uh, people are scared of him. I don't get it. Is that what it is? Oh, I do. Yeah. 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 Sure they are. But when I started at City TV, the first, my first report was a three-part series on panhandling where I went out and I panhandled for a day. No, I saw some of it. It was excellent. And, you know, when somebody said, well, are they going to, like, accept you? If you sit down on the street and hold up a sign and you haven't showered and you're actually accepting money, the other panhandlers accept you as one of theirs. Mm-hmm. As nobody else would do that unless yeah. they needed to do it. And I, I, we, we of course had the camera at a discreet distance, so we were able to all do the, do it sort of the undercover thing, and it was fun. It was uh, surprising. It was interesting, and uh, I don't know why that hadn't been done before. Like this is why, if you want people to watch TV news, do interesting things, yeah. have some color. You know, oh, it's winter. Make sure to put the tires on. We got a storm coming. Drive no, safely. Slow down. You know, it's funny like, you how say about that. This? No. 
A reporter is standing outside with snow. I'm here at the Air Canada Center, and you can see the snow falling behind me. Shut up! And he's yes. having a breakdown. State the obvious. <laughs> no, they but state I, but the obvious. I know, I know. Here's what they right. do. They don't just state the obvious. They Television news is like the safety demonstration on an airplane. Exactly. It really is. Because a long time ago, we all figured out... Had to put the one seat the seatbelt together. Yeah. The problem with television news and terrestrial radio is they they still think it's 1987 or something. Mm-hmm. They need to remind people how to dress in the cold, what to wear when it rains, when to put the snow tires on. It, it's almost lazy journalism. It totally it's, is. it's almost like having the file. Oh, it's uh, Valentine's Day. Let's reach into the file. Yeah. And what did we talk about last year? Places to go. Or November 1st. Everyone yeah. get their poppies yeah. and put it on. Yeah. You want know TV news does? You know what the newsroom meetings are about? And, and, you know, and I've been in other newsrooms, so it's not station specific. They see what the Toronto Star is writing about in the morning. And then they'll send a reporter out. <laughs> and you know that newspapers are shrinking. Right. So, you know, how about having some ideas and doing your own stories? My God, there's nothing unique. And, and, and not just that. I mean, if you want to have listeners or viewers have good content, well, that's been missed. You know, we've said that before. It's like the iPod. If a radio station is going to survive, give it something the iPod can't give, which, again, it gets back to content on whatever level. It's going to be the same with all of it. Don't... Give me something that I can't access myself. But if you have personalities, you have to pay them more money. No, understood. understood. And that's, that's why. That's, see, the, the, that's the, the Cats deal. 22, the vicious circle, mm-hmm. the sphere of, yeah. of, uh, like of incompetence is no one's investing in talent anymore. Eventually, they're going to need people with talent and personality to mm-hmm. deliver unique and authentic content, and they won't be there. You know, I, I wrote that down, and we've been talking about this since October 2011. People aren't just craving uh, information that they can already get from their app. What they're looking for is an authentic, ex- authentic experience. For instance, what you described about embedding yourself with the homeless. Now, I would watch that because it would make me do that look you, you get on your face when you realize you're seeing something you haven't seen before. Well, I was going to be spit on by this guy that had one leg amputated. And they said, no, don't go over there. He'll spit on you. I said, great. Now, he didn't. He just said, you can't be here, bro. None of us, we won't make money if you're here with me. You have to go to the other corner. And Andrew, if you've but ever I, seen you him, to, he, he could pass on. for homeless easily. Exactly. I gave him 50 cents on the mm-hmm. way in today. So what happened? But he didn't spit on me. I just, and they were giving me tips on how to make money, et cetera. It was fantastic. Yeah. But I'm just saying, do something interesting, right. whatever it is on, in the day. That's what I was trying to and say. And they're not. When you're, sitting in a, when you're sitting in a radio meeting or a television content <clears throat> production meeting, and they say, well, okay, it's, okay don't forget, we're gonna, it's November, so we're going to do a story on you know, the veterans, and we're all going to put our poppies on. And, and everyone does it because if you don't do it, then you're, as you said, it's almost like they bring out this file. Mm-hmm. Well, the X is in town. Now we've got to get a reporter down there. Yeah. And the corn dogs. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> forth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But what people really want, and I wrote this phrase down, and I, it, I saw it from a show I was watching re- recently. It was about a political activist, somebody that was trying to figure out what voters want. And the phrase was, I don't guess what they want. The reason I win is I find out what people want, and I give it to them. The problem with our media these days is they're do, they don't know what people want anymore. They're still programming like mm-hmm. they, need, they, they want their hit songs from the radio, and they don't. Find out what people want and give it to them is pretty much the as simple as it gets. I don't know if your American listeners know 
about Don Cherry. Surely they do if they listen to you, this very colorful Canadian uh, broadcaster. There will no longer be a Don Cherry-like person in sports media because when you're homogenous and you're format-driven, you don't want a guy like that because he might say something wrong, but everybody watches Don Cherry because he says crazy shit. Yep. And you never know what he's going to say. And that's why you watch him. Mm-hmm. And the guy is still performing, and he's 95. And, and how do you not have those examples and not sort of tap into it? And, I mean, that's where we're going now. Don Cherry, back in the 80s, 90s, I remember being in bars on a Saturday night, and everybody's having a good time. he come on the television screen. The bar would actually quiet down so people could hear what he had to say. And yet here's a guy that's been, you know, criticized, threatened over the years of losing his job. When it was obvious, the average Canadian, that's what they want. That's a great question you ask. And we've asked it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Why, if we all know that when an unusual experience in the media happens, whether it's a great song or a moment in a movie or a book that moves you or a guy that shakes you up a little bit, why then don't they use that as their sort of template. And I think the reason is, and I want to get your point, uh, your, your take on this, Andrew, is they're scared. Because if you're the guy that green lights uh, a guy like Andrew Crystal, who's going to entertain people and going to piss some people off, you've got to worry about your job. Yes? Yeah, but, you know, I, I was always program director friendly. I, I, I didn't, uh, you know, you work with your program director, but I have, I have taken risks, I've, and I've paid for it. But... Uh, Everybody knew what the game was, but you do have to have the backing of management. You have to know what the boundaries are or whatever. But, you know, you know from from chorus that there would be, you know, and we have friends where some presidents really want to fire certain people that are friends of ours. And a program director would say, no, you got to keep this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I've been protected. I left a protected environment on the East Coast and came back to to Toronto for something where there was, a, of course, a a change at the top. But there's not going to be any more Don Cherries. If you take a look at the way it's going with sports media, it is extremely safe. Nobody wants to rock the boat. And I just, I, for me, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer why you wouldn't want to put stuff on that where the bar quietens down. Do you think that that will ever happen again? No, I don't. And, uh, you know, we were talking, you know, you talk about the Mojo, the 640 experience, too. I mean, you were more or less run out of there as well, right? Well, no, they did. They wanted. They were changing the format. Okay, Ken, Ken Dryden wanted a safer uh, image for the Leafs because at that time the Leafs' rights, even though they were bounced around everywhere, so started anyway, to make money. Yeah, and they hired four new. And they went too. against what was working. You know, another guy too. I thought was great for the times and did a different show was Ripken. Yep, who did the show just after us. He did yep. a great sort of different, edgy, weird. Um, suggestive show and uh look what happened to him great voice they too. pissed all over him and got rid of him when he might have been you know one of the best things on the station one of the reasons mm-hmm. that people are no longer engaged in politics and i don't know whether it's a an apathy thing or it's a ennui situation where they're just bored of the whole thing part of the reason i think is because politicians whether you're left or right or centric centrists mm-hmm they're such a, they're so homogenized. When's the last time, and maybe Rob Ford will be the, we won't see his like again. Yeah, he was whatever, you know, but he was so unusual that he actually engaged a certain type of voter that uh, for better or worse, 
was interested and and moved by him. Well, John Tory, whom I was friends with when he was at News Talk, and we are still friends, and he's helping me with fightforyouth.ca. But I don't believe that John Tory would have privatized garbage in Toronto. I don't believe that. I haven't had this discussion with him, but I don't think that he would pick a fight with unions for a brand for brand purposes. Well, Whereas with Ford, he wanted to go after the unions. He thought that there was union overreach, and there was with the 2009 garbage strike, a, a tactical yeah, victory. I know, I know, but that's getting too intricate for our. But no, I'm just saying, rocking the boat, what? rocking the yes. boat. Ford yeah, rocked the, the boat. Here's the thing: When's the last mm-hmm. time a politician came on and and said something that you went, "Wow, that was pretty honest." Like they they all want to have the answers. They all want to give you the answer that they think you want, as opposed to coming on and going, "You know what? Uh, hey, Mr. Tory or Mr. Crystal, what do you think about this?" And you kind of go, "You know what? I really don't." Uh, or or I made a mistake. That was a mistake I made, and I'm going to revisit that and try again. What, what, were well, you no, what I was going to say about talk radio still in Canada, even in this market, it's pretty safe. And you talk about um, uh, city politics in particular. They really lean heavily on that, where voter turnout is, like, pathetic. So people don't care enough uh, about it to vote. Why yeah. would they care enough to listen to it on the radio well, constantly? Yeah. Hold on a second. Go ahead. And... Um, Meanwhile, people have lost so much trust in politicians and politics, they're moving away from it even more. So again, what's the use of making that your content? What Rob Ford did was actually bring some attention and interest back to civic politics. And now that's gone. And John Tory, we love him and everything, but he's going to be such a straight shooter that people are going to lose their interest again. Um, Okay. That is uh, all great points, gentlemen. I really think we're having a lovely time. Uh, Andrew's going to hang around with us. We've got to switch gears and get to uh, our good friends at Churchill Cellars. I don't know what happened. There was uh, some kind of thing going on during the holiday season with all our listeners who were sending us pictures or notes or messages <clears throat> Excuse me, about the crazy Uncle Uber Caesar. What is going on? They, they were trying to find it. It was, like a, it was like the 30s. It was like a run on these things. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cra- crazy Uncle Uber Caesar. Is the ultimate inconvenience when you want to make the perfect Caesar using only the finest all-natural ingredients. It has just the right amount of spicy kick. Yes, it does. Uh, The rumor salt included with every bottle, so it could not be easier. All right? Be adventurous with this stuff. A lobster tail, ram it in a scored shrimp. Oh, my. Yeah, oh, you yeah. could. Andrew, That'd be great. He's Andrew. got salt on his rim. I was gonna he's say, got salt, yeah, you got salt yeah, on your rim. Salty. I was oh, going to say, Andrew Fred's going to lick it off in 20 minutes. Fred knows. I mean, <laughs> Andrew knows lots about salt to rim in the boom boom. And just imagine what you could do with the retro one liter bottle jug. Oh, jug it in the bum. <laughs> hey. You know, I got to tell oh, you. Oh, I want to hear about this bottled jug, Shush. Retro One Liter. Come on, sponsor. It's a good sponsor. I'm Honestly, I'm about to stab you in the neck with this pen. Oh, my. Not about sponsors. Hey, Fred. Yeah. You know that somebody. Uh, I would never stab you. <laughs> I was past gas. <laughs> he really did. That's, uh, did you really? No. Did, he re- did somebody no? what? Actually, no. I want do you know that somebody. Uh, I want to do it now. Do you know somebody, that somebody. somebody what? I want during the holiday <laughs> drop in. Yes. They brought us in a couple of packages. One was of ramen noodles and right. one was of chicken noodles. Oh, yes, I remember. Okay. Yes. And when I was here during the, the holiday break mm-hmm. recording some things, yes. I was not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And I had one, one of the ramen noodles. Nice. And it was chicken noodle. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, hmm, I could go for another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I did. I had two in a row. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And I was thinking, oh, this is now pathetic because I think they dropped this. These are some of them either were given to us this year. And I think one of the packages I, I ate <laughs> was from 2012. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know. It's so chemical. It's still good. Mm. It was still good. Oh, a lot God. of salt. Lots yeah. of salt. A lot of MSG. Like what's happening around your poo hole? Oh, my. Oh, boy. Yeah. So no, no, so I want to ask you about athletes, athlete interviews. Okay. They can't say anything. You talk about no. media being interesting. Athletes can't say anything. Well, no. we, or they we, get into trouble. Well, we talked about that this morning with the Phil Kessel thing. I thought it was refreshing because he called the guy an idiot on camera. Why not? Yeah, Big deal. It's and, only and, sports. And that's as raucous as it gets no, in hockey. I, but it is. I know. But, that it, you know, it was a head turner because you don't normally hear that. Yeah, and I said that. And, you know, and again, it's only sports. Who cares? If you If you think about what we've been speaking about, whether it's... Rob Ford or Phil Kessel or Andrew Crystal doing a report. Don't you see people want something unusual, authentic, because that's what makes that's what makes us feel uh, connected. Because we see something, we say, hey, fuck, I saw this guy on TV and he was getting spit on by a one legged pirate homeless guy. Yes. As opposed to, oh, I saw another report on the poppies. Uh, somebody was taking money from the Salvation Army. Look it up! But it is the same as radio, <laughs> because their idea of getting something compelling is to syndicate Ryan Seacrest. So everybody has the same content. Yeah. It's not even a unique. And you know what? I live that, because when I was... I'm drunk, I'm <laughs> you know, I, we had the radio station there, and um, the one radio station that was hurting, and the, we had no real evening uh, programming or announcer... And this thing came across my desk one night. It was Donny Osmond. And listen, I got sucked into that. It was. I'm thinking, do we have just songs and nothing? Or do I bring in Donny Osmond, and does that create a bit of a buzz in Peterborough that yeah. Donny Osmond is the voice on the... So I went for it. Why? Because Chorus, the radio station, they refused to hire anybody, and I could do a barter deal to get Donny Osmond on the... It didn't make the station any better. It didn't help local um, programming. But you just did it. Because that's all you could do. When I was working at uh, Easy Rock before it became Boom, have I mentioned that I used to work in a room with 19 <laughs> announcers? Yes, 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 yes. Come up in a second. Five ways to touch yourself on the dink. Um, I've got 11. <laughs> we, we did the same thing. Yeah. When the station went over to Boom, they, had a, they took Donny Osmond as the 10 o'clock show. And we, myself and Colleen Rushholm, my morning show partner, uh, got a chance to interview him. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. We did one of those things over yeah, the line. So did our station, blah, yeah. You know, interviewed him as a good guy. But they tried him out. Do you know what happened? They, they, it was only on for three weeks to a month or so. And it was so abysmal mm-hmm. that they actually dropped it. Yeah. Well, we didn't beat it, bro. Because we had no options. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, every so often you would send... Um, he did it from a little studio in Las Vegas. You would send him some local stuff that he'd mentioned to try and make the show sound local, but it didn't fool anybody. Of and course it, And so. again, it was, just, it was just more bad programming. You know, if I had anything to do in Canada or the CRTC, I would, I would, I would forbid on radio any American programming. I would. It's too easy, it's too cheap, and it costs too many jobs. Okay. Well, that's my point about Ryan Seacrest. It's mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. bland, and too many people are airing it. So, how is that unique yeah. for it's you? Just too much I, of a convenience. I think it's going to get to the point where it's such a specialty channel world. Well, there'll be like one station where I could just have a guy there and just telling you about how cold it is. Be like, hey, it's uh, seven fifteen. It's cold as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, seven twenty one. Still pretty fucking cold. 
7.30, my balls are frozen. 7.40, can't piss outside. That's how fucking cold it is. That's that. today. You know the temperature's been dropping in here? Yeah, it's got... Yeah. I mean, no, since we started our show a few hours ago, it's gotten uh, considerably colder. What is the temperature now? I always wondered if the uh, Times Square uh, drop... Ball drop? Yeah, mm-hmm. if that was somehow some kind of testicular reference. Because every <laughs> New Year's Eve, those people look so cold up there. Yeah. And it shrinks, and too. Yeah, yeah. Check this out. A it's, one bald um, man. Yeah. <laughs> Minus 16 feels like minus 28. Get out. Is that true? You only have one testicle, Howard? Yes. It's the size of a fucking ham. It's okay. one big ball. It smells like ham, too. I got, yes, it does. The Jewish hammy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, tonight, it's actually getting colder as this day wears on. Yeah. And on my specialty channel, that's all you'd hear. Oh, fuck, man. Super cold. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But hang in there, uh, Andrew. You're still a young man. There might be time for you to still partake in this uh, oh, uh, thing yeah. we call regular radio. Yeah, well, I'm this... I, but I'm only, I'm only going to do I'll do uh, broadcasting, never full-time. I'll always, because my business is... is yeah, what is it, and now, Freddie said you had some kind of business thing happen. Mm. We're done in two minutes' time. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a 90-second version of this wondrous thing that you <clears throat> proposed? Business consulting, business development, and full-service advertising is basically what I do. And so you got a big PR contract. There. There's government relations work in there, that kind of thing. And um, somebody just bought into your company. Yeah, yeah, I've got this uh, fabulous uh, opportunity with uh, uh, a man who has a number of business interests. Mm. Um, so we're we're working together. Actually, I'm sort of buying into his too with some things. Excellent. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful situation, and I'm very grateful that I've been able to. Still maintain my Yorkville lifestyle yeah, away, away from the microphone. Oh, because yeah. most people that leave the broadcast microphone are not capable of reinvention. And I've been blessed. So He lives in a big swanky I've penthouse. Been oh, I've yeah. been in there. Have you? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's right, like on, right on Bluer Street. And you're right in the heart of the city. And and you just, just, do you walk around in a silk bathrobe all day with your hairy sack hanging down like a kangaroo? You know, because of my advanced age, I no longer have to dust as a result of the ball sack. <laughs> all right. Andrew Crystal, everyone. It's, it's a built-in Swiffer. Um, you can... Uh, <laughs> Cha-cha-cha-chia. Let's get uh, Andrew's uh, <clears throat> fundraiser next but, yeah, month. It's, no, fight for Youth.ca, Fight for youth.ca. Yeah, we're selling right. tables. I hope to have you guys there. I'd really actually like you. Yeah, if you if you short. want us to go there, it's boxing. Uh, Ontario boxers against East no, Coast boxers. Fantastic. Yeah, Nova Scotia versus Ontario. Spider great, Jones. Great night. Fight for the home. What's it called again? Fight for youth.ca. Okay. We and go. Scott Sutherland, I'll bring him in. You're going to yeah. love this guy. Don't forget, Scott Sutherland's coming in. Right. Venture Capital Supreme. This episode of Humble and Fred Radio was brought to you by Sleep Country, Pizza Pizza, Crazy Uncle Uber Caesar, GoDaddy.com, Wonderlist, Signature and Sunwing Vacations, and NewCanadianMusic.ca. And as always, we broadcast to the world from the prestigious five-hour energy studios in beautiful downtown Etobicoke. More Humble and Fred tomorrow and online at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Most of all... And Fred say Thank you very much for listening to the show. Thank you very much, thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much for not saying we suck. Thank you very, very, very much. I can't hear you. Thank you very much, thank you very, 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 very much. Okay, boys, big finish. Here it comes. 
Yeah, that'll do. Hey, everybody on Sirius. We'll hang with you guys for a few more minutes. Andrew Crystal, we've got uh, a couple more minutes to uh, bridge the gap on Sirius XM around uh, North America, Channel 168. Lots of funny comedians. Us, Todd Shapiro this afternoon. You know when I felt that network television sort of jumped the shark, in a manner of speaking, in terms of their lack of like being in touch with the average person? <clears throat> it was when... Uh, Janet Jackson had the nipple slip on the Super Bowl yeah. broadcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was what it was a great example of what you talk about being offended for people because you think you need to be mm-hmm. because most people didn't give a shit about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was literally two seconds, but they made the, it was it made such a big they made such a big deal about it. Yeah. To the point where it was so amusing to Europeans. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. We were going, well, what is, what? Mm-hmm. But most North Americans also, it wasn't that big a deal. But they made it seem like it was because they thought they should yeah. respond. Well, that nails it. Most people didn't care. Most people were actually amused by it. And most people, if they didn't see it live, were all over the internet trying to see uh, a glimpse of it mm. or a replay of it mm. because I, they wanted to see it. I was at a talk station yeah, and in Toronto, and I won't name which of the two it was. Uh, and I had this really hot segment going, but they had this, um, they wanted to break in with a reporter talking about something at Queens Park, mm-hmm. right? A political reporter. Mm-hmm. It was about a whatever. It, no one cared. No. Like, I mean. They don't but, care. But they feel some, some listeners think, well, I'm supposed to be interested in this because I'm a parent or whatever. But they're only half listening in that case. They may not turn the channel. But they are they are somewhere else. No, Sometimes I, they'll turn the channel too. It gets back to what we've been saying all along. <laughs> somewhere within the hierarchy, they are so conditioned to think politics, civic politics, uh, uh, provincial, uh, federal. It doesn't matter if there's something breaking. We've got to get to it. When even any of us around the table, you, you really you don't care. You were probably way more interested in listening to a, a story about a nipple slip or the reaction to it than something kind of Queen's Park. When I had he- uh, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger on uh, in a radio interview, my next guest was Heidi Fleiss, the former Hollywood madam. Mm-hmm. And Kissinger was commenting about Heidi Fleiss. be a top actor, Polo, Heidi Fleiss is more interesting. Than-. And I said, hey, you said that power was the greatest aphrodisiac, but, you know, have you ever... Uh, yeah, you know, purchased one of her, Services. one of her models. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he laughed, and it's like uh, he's, uh, he talked to Bill Clinton. I mean, it was funny. The you know, how many guys great. wouldn't ask that question too, and that's it was I, fun. Yeah. But I had fun with him. But I got into the serious stuff. But we had it was a playful time. Well, who did but I, where are you going to hear that though? Who did you're I not, make? You're not going to hear that anywhere. Who did I make cry? Remember that early on we were interviewing somebody. Oh, um, somebody was it, was it Oswald's widow? Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I saw well, Lee, Lee Harvey's yeah. Lee Harvey. Lee, I, we, Marina. I made, her, yeah, Marina. I made her cry. I didn't mean to. What'd you say? I asked her. Um, no, not her. No, who that was, was it? the original one? The one he was still married. Or um, I forget. Was it, what did are, are you disappointed he he didn't get Yoko instead? No, I I'm said not something. Con- I'm not confusing assassination. Hang on a by second. <laughs> what, I, I can't for the life. Just remember, I I remember I said something. I thought I was being. You know, amusing. And she I don't know. We'd have cry. to go back. I'm anyway. sorry. Did I interrupt your train of train? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, we're going to say goodbye on Sirius here in three, two, one. See you guys tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll just take a couple more minutes here with our podcast extra, and then we got to get out of here. Um, 
What you were saying about... Uh, you were talking about Marina Oswald crying. No, no, before that, we were talking about... Um, Kissinger? Well, Tiny you know, like what the idea... Oh, I know what it was. What? So Freddie and I are filling in this past summer on a news talk station. We always talk about it. They're doing mm. great ratings. They're a great bunch of people. Right. And, uh, you know, we did a one week of doing the afternoon show, filling in for whoever, and then we did another week. And in the second week, we were... It wasn't what we like to do which is talk about issues from our perspective in a way that we think men and women our age within a 20-year period might enjoy. And we didn't... Would you, would you uh, characterize it as... You know, it was an okay experience. It wasn't the greatest thing. No. No, I, I, I agree. It's not like... It wasn't like uh, you want to come back for more. And, and as, Why? And, because you felt you had too many handcuffs? No, it was, it was just the... Part of it is I thought we wanted to maybe prove to people that if we wanted to, formatically, we could do that job. Right. And, and I think we proved that. I, I kind of enjoyed the mechanical part of it. And then in the second week, you and I were kind of, we just said, fuck it, and started, you know, joking around like we always do. And we had a couple of pretty funny moments, and we really kind of enjoyed as, And when we finally gave up on the notion that anyone would, you know, really care what we did. You know, and again, and how, how was loose. that? How was that? It was, it was all right. Uh, the, yeah. It was all right. Uh, but you're also <laughs> responding. To, you're also responding to pressure. You need to be able to sit there and, and wow. get comfortable. And there's that preposition thing where you go in in the in the afternoon, and you talk about the show that's coming up. And again, just the mindset of the people within the building or the producers and right. whoever they are of what age, they're prepositioned to think that because it's somehow attached to politics or money or community. It's got to go. It's got to go. Where we might come in with some topics that are way more relatable, way better water cooler stuff when you get right down to it, sure. but would be poo-pooed because it really doesn't fit that mold of... What was the one that you brought in that no. really we, we did a half an hour on it? It was such a simple idea. It was something yeah. about your kids living with you or it had something to do with being a parent of grown-up children. Mm-hmm. And, and we proposed this to this young producer and they were kind of like well it's not really what we do and yet when we did those topics mm-hmm. they were far more engaging with people and because they could relate no, but to you them. should be just dealing with the program director never mind talking to no the i know my point is what we're trying to say is those radio stations they're you know predisposed to looking for you know something in the news or in as you say uh, they talk about municipal politics the turnout voter turnout is ridiculous they should never even fucking mention it considering how few people ever vote for ward members and city councilors like if, you, long, don't, if, if, you, if, if, if you don't care enough yeah. to get off your butt on election night and vote how much do you care about hearing a steady onslaught of, of it on the radio. Not at all. Well, no, yeah. you're going to be interested in issues mm-hmm. about parking or traffic or whatever. But, but those it, are those, relatable yes, things. Yes, but you're, you don't really care about the people, the That's sausage right. you making. You also don't seek those out. If they happen to be on, fine, That's but right. you're not like, oh, I'm missing out on that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're one not. of the things this young girl proposed to us, and she's probably in her mid-20s, one day there was a story about a someone had parked their bike on Bloor Street in front of a bank. Mm-hmm. And it was apparently the sidewalk wasn't city property. It was the bank property. And one of the security guards had taken the bike somehow and, and taken it away from the person who parked it there. And this girl, ugh, she proposed this story to us like, oh, it's outrageous. How dare they blah, blah, blah. And I come said and take her, the bicycle. Come. So here's what I said to her. I said, how old is your father? 
And she said, he's around, you know, your guys' age, 53, 54. I said, let me ask you this question. Would your dad give a shit about this? She goes, well, probably not. And I go, then why would you think anyone our age would? Mm-hmm. If your dad, if you can't think of your father going, wow, that's really, t-, other so than gracious. going, uh, yeah. other than going, oh, that's too mm-hmm. bad. I shouldn't have fucking parked there. No, well, yeah, yeah the, only, the only audience for that are people that are going to ride bikes and park at banks. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a lot of those. If you're a 55-year-old man or woman driving home to the suburbs from Toronto at 5.15 in the, in, on a summer afternoon, believe me, that won't even be on your list of things you ever give two shits about. No. Here, here's a story, too, and I just wondered with the t- talk stations again in Toronto, how much time they would spend on uh, this Prince Andrew story. Because for our guys our age, there, there's a real intriguing story. It's a, an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very interesting because it's so deep and it's got so many tentacles to it and everything. And detailed. But probably they wouldn't spend a lot of time, number one, because it's sexual. Number two, because it's not, polit- it's not necessarily political. But most guys, because anytime I hear it mentioned, I mm-hmm. heat it up. I, like, I listen more intently because I'm thinking, wow, why you know, wouldn't this guy be banging underagers well, if he could? And it's not from the standpoint of the fact that he's a royal. It's the fact yeah. that he's an older guy. And who, what older guy doesn't fantasize about a younger woman? That, rich, I'll tell you what, there's, yeah. a, there's a uh, world after, of after, rich... After a while, you get... You get you know, this is a move on. There's no, there's a, there's a world of rich men mm-hmm. that travel the world with each other to different exotic locations and they avail themselves of younger women. He happens to be a member of the royal family. And by the way, they can deny it all they want. The, the detail about time, place and um, how old uh, was she? She was 17 or 18. Apparently at the time. Yeah. 17. But the fact that his buddy was procuring these women for him and. I mean, there's it just there's a whole world of that. Now that's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. That's so much more interesting to me than mm-hmm. whose bike was parked in front of a bank on board. Yeah, but you you can also do non-stories. I had a guest not show uh, on uh, Mojo Radio, so I just I, I shut it down. I did a little test. I said, look, this topic really bothers me. It really concerns me. These people are abusing this cat breed that originally came out of a Toronto Sphinx cats. And Chinese men are taking these animals and coaching them to use their tongues on their scrotums to lick peanut butter off. And this is the plight of Chinese bald, ball licking cats. Mm-hmm. Phil and Hong. Very right, let's go to our correspondent this. from uh, no, the mainland. So, so the bald right. Sphinx cat. So yeah. I just created this thing that these bald. Did you Chinese, make that up? You yes. just on the yeah. sperm. Yeah. Bald Chinese ball licking cats. <laughs> on the sperm of the moment. Yeah, because I wanted some, I wanted some alliteration in there, so Come I said bald and bald again. <laughs> Fred. So, but people phoned up very concerned. I said, "Is this abuse? Is this okay?" Apparently, the animals have to be well cared for, but men lie on their backs. Yeah. And the cats come up and pleasure them. Well, they're yeah. getting fed. Mm, fucking, that's awesome. And did you get shit for it? No, it was great. But I had no, lots I, of calls. This is abuse, etc. Mm-hmm. How dare they? Phil, have you ever had a, a cat lick your sack? Well, peanut butter isn't natively Chinese. We use sesame. Okay. Yeah. Almond right. butter. See, I, I should have had sesame. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't right, have, I, I needed somebody to talk to. You're always welcome here. Asiatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Appreciate it, man. We'll see everyone tomorrow. I can hear the person in their car. Hello.
Andrew Crystal will be missed. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Hush Blankets, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and don't forget to keep the show going by licking them, uh, liking them, liking them, like, and subscribe. <laughs>